This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. You are listening to a section of the LibriVox Nano Remo project, in which a number of LibriVox volunteers write and record a whole novel together in a serial form during November 2006. The project is based on the idea started by the National Novel Writing Month. Chapter 17 Written by Juho Freud Recorded by Juho Freud Years of training had taught Tracy to conceal her outward emotions, and as a result, her face didn't falter for even a second from the look of confusion. Inside, on the other hand, she was triumphant. Finally, she had located what she had searched for. All the elaborate lures that she had set up before had failed, but at last she had managed to draw the red out of hiding. The red? she asked with a perfectly masqueraded voice of confusion and uncertainty. Eventually, you will know, but not now, the red answered. Tracy let her head drop in a manner that signaled frustration and acknowledgement. Will you contact Trevor for me? I will, just... Let me gather my thoughts for a while. Certainly. I will return in an hour, she said in a gentle tone. As the red exited the room, Tracy stood up and pressed her fingers on her throat. Instantly, she heard the subtle beep in her ear that signaled a successful satellite connection to Global HQ. Then, with a perfectly trained technique of vibrating her vocal cords without moving her lips or making a sound, she uttered, This is top. Authorization Gamma Charlie 09er. Eliminate T. I repeat, eliminate a black van pulled by the curb outside the hotel. For a while it idled, until the driver switched off the engine and got out. He was dressed in a full black combat camouflage, bulletproof vest and a military-type utility belt. He flipped over his cell phone and hit answer. Sergeant Reynolds here. He listened for a while without saying a word, then closed the phone, dropped it to the ground, and with a violent thrust of his leg, crushed it to pieces. He then banged the side of the van with his fist and said, Move out, we have authorization. The van's back doors opened, and men in similar combat outfits burst out, each one carrying a Hecklerite Koch MP-35 submachine gun. 
With a silent efficiency, they all checked their weapons, put on their balaclavas and combat helmets, and proceeded to the hotel. Trevor, wake up! Come on, get up! Hazel was shaking Trevor vigorously as he opened his eyes, still too much asleep to understand what was going on. As his brain cleared the fog around his mind, he noticed that Hazel was up, fully dressed with a gun in her hand. The gun got Trevor's mind to clear up in an instant and he jumped up. What's wrong? he asked, now very aware of his surroundings. We are in trouble, she hissed back. Here, take this. She threw Trevor a fully loaded automatic pistol. Trevor had to fight the urge to ask more questions, but he realized this certainly wasn't the time for such things. He held up the gun, checked the clip, and loaded a bullet into the chamber. Meanwhile, Hazel had moved the bed against the hotel room door, covered the windows and hunched herself in a corner. Now, she whispered, we wait. Outside, the men made little noise as they progressed towards their target. Only the slight sound of their guns hitting against their belts made their presence known. Two of the men took positions behind the hotel room door and rigged the door with an explosive. Meanwhile, three others made their descent along the hotel wall along ropes secured on the roof. Other guests checked in at the hotel had been quietly evacuated, so no one witnessed these men and their actions. Finally, as they all were at their designated positions, their radios crackled to life with the word, GO! Seconds ticked by as Trevor and Hazel nervously waited for the inevitable. Their eyes were closed, and their hands were on their ears to avoid the effects of fastbangs. Tick-tock, tick-tock, the clocks inside their heads echoed. Tick-tock, tick-tock-boom. The windows shattered and the door flew in, followed immediately by a bang and a bright white flash as the flashbangs exploded. Laser sights glowed through the smoke in the air as the combat-uniformed men searched for their target. Hazel was up in a heartbeat, firing her gun at the nearest assailant. The man dropped as the bullet hit him. Hazel spun around, looking for the next target, but as she did this, her body was covered with the bright red dots of the laser sights. Take her down, crackled the earpieces of the attackers, and so they did. They squeezed the triggers of the guns, and as the bullets sprouted out, everything just seemed to stop for a moment. Then the bullets hit her, dead on with full power. Trevor watched in horror as the bullets ripped through her body, making their deadly way into her vital organs. Trevor let out an almost animal-like roar as he fired his automatic weapon at the assailants. So fierce was his attack that the men near him were down before they even realized what hit them. 
In an instant he was out the door and on his way. Do not pursue! Do not pursue! roared the attacker's earpieces. As the men lowered their weapons, Sergeant Reynolds entered the room. We will get our chance another time. As efficiently as they had appeared, the men left, leaving only the shattered body of Hazel behind them. For hours, Trevor hid in the bushes nearby the hotel. He had seen the men leave, but couldn't gather the strength to move a muscle. The image of Hazel's body being struck by bullets kept reappearing in his head. Finally, he was able to get himself moving. His mind was telling him to get as far as possible from the hotel, but his heart wouldn't let him. He couldn't abandon Hazel. As he entered the room, his heart sunk. The first glimpse at Hazel's body told everything. She was dead. Nothing could have saved her from the hail of bullets her body had suffered. Trevor knelt beside her body, tears running wildly down his cheeks. Something in her face caught his eyes. Her face was no longer controlled by her training, and as Trevor lay his eyes on her now serene face, he finally was able to see what had looked so familiar about her. It wasn't the face of Hazel Brown anymore, nor the face of the travel agent. It was the face of his wife, the face of Rebecca. A new kind of pain arose from inside, the pain of finding something you had lost before, only to lose it again. As the first rays of the morning sun made their way into the room, Trevor lay down his head on her cold chest and wept. End of chapter 17 Recorded on 18th of November 2006